0: Knitted Drinker Show, the podcast that's Raising the Bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solison. With me, as always, is my very talented friend who possesses pure animal magnetism, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a first. You like that? I do. I like that Good, one. Good, 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 one. good. So where are you coming from today? Where are you at? I am in
1: DC at last call. i um, doing all of this from my phone today, so apologize for any inconvenience. And we are in a, We're just in a dark happy to have you not open bar. We're trying to reopen, but we'll see how we get there. So we'll get there. We'll get there. We're staying
0: positive. We're gonna get there. Yes. Yeah, so we are staying positive. Absolutely. So speaking of positive. Um, Gina, you, you know, most people know about, um, the military working dogs, um, they're out there doing their job, but do you know, there are a few lesser known creatures that also conduct missions for our U.S. military. I, what? You ready for this? You ready yeah. for this? Yeah, I'm ready for First this. First up, guess what these are? These little soldiers are some of the busiest around. What, what might you think that creature be? Um. um oh, you don't know? Nothing. It would be the honeybee. Yes, Hello. the honeybee. Did you know that they can actually smell explosives and other compounds nearly as well as a dog? So no. researchers are actually using them, beginning to use them for bomb detection. Poor little bee. So another reason why not to kill the, kill the bees. So let's stay on this. So the Marine Corps, yes, the Marine Corps, they've often throughout time have had to figure out innovative ways to resupply resupplying our military men and women who are in the field, including taking a step back in time. No, they do not have time machines that we know of anyway, but they have a team (laughs) of pack animals and running mules. And they actually deployed the running mules in Afghanistan because they were taking, they were up in the mountains, able to get places that other things could not and mules are being used, were being used still. And to this day, the Marines maintain a training program in Bridgeport, California, and to keep our military men and women um, in the know on how to properly care for these animals and employ them out in the field. The one thing they can't seem to do is they can't teach them to say, ooh uh, they just kind of say, y'all. <laughs> come
1: on,
0: come on. Okay, last but not least, we're gonna take a dive. Yes, yes. a dive into our, uh, the nation's Le- legion of very clever creatures that hail from the deep blue. Yes, I'm talking about the U.S. Navy's team of trained dolphins and sea lions. Now, this is really cool. They have trained these animals um, to protect our vulnerable harbors. And so what they'll do is they're swimming about doing their business. They see a yeah. mine. They actually tag it, with, tag it with a buoy. And so that we are, then they can remove it from the waters, making it safer for the military to come in and out. And the other thing they do is when they come upon an en- enemy swimmer, yeah. they tag them. They put a, detect- a tracker on their, on their scuba tank. So that way, we obviously can contract their movement and remove any kind of uh, unwanted um, personnel in the area, so to That's speak. That's insane. And so these little brave creatures, they have been deployed um, to Vietnam, the Persian Gulf, and both U.S. coastlines. So luckily, they don't get the bends, so they can go really deep and come right back up. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find all this stuff. I love it. I drink a lot, remember? I drink yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. speaking of trained beasts, I mean, I mean, training beasts, I mean, training beasts <laughs> to serve in our military ranks brings me to today's designated drinker. I know it was a long, dr- long, a long path, but thank you for staying with me. He is a man who is keeping me in boot camp, probably never letting me out. He's the CEO and founder of Canine Dominion, Jay Lewis. Welcome to the show, Jay.
2: Hello, how you doing? Hi, Jay. Hi.
0: Did you know all of those little creatures?
2: I did for the most part. Except for the bees. The bees is new to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind <laughs> of actually they say that um the um the dolphins and sea lions are actually kind of being um, they're moving away from that program because because um drones can do the same thing. Yeah. So and yeah, but then I not risking any lives that way. But I thought it was pretty damn cool. It is in in your uh military experience did you ever come across all any of these other kind of animals
2: no well when we went to a handler's course back in san antonio san- mm-hmm. they take us they to a sea world and we talked to the trainers there and to talk, see how they train their their sea lions and dolphins and um, whales and it's funny because a lot of their techniques with um, tones and stuff it's the same way i use when i train dogs. Oh, really? Yes.
0: That's really cool. So how long were you in the Air Force then?
2: I was in the Air Force 12 years.
0: 12 years. 12 very long years.
2: 12 very long years. But I had
0: fun. Good. Good. You were there. I mean, your time in service was a lot. There was a lot of deployment, correct?
2: A lot. Because right when the war first kicked off, the second war first kicked off.
0: Wow. Well, first and foremost, let me thank you for your service. If I have not done that, I am remiss. So thank you. Thank you. So how did you uh, become a dog trainer? How did this, how did all this start?
2: It all started back when I was about, I want to say I was in kindergarten, actually. Um, My my neighbor, um, we lived in, we lived in Arlington, Texas at the time. That's where I'm from. I'm from Texas. And um, my neighbor. I would have
0: never guessed.
2: (laughs) You trying (laughs) to talk about about my accent?
0: (laughs) What accent?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have an accent. It comes out more when I'm tired, But um, my neighbor had a blue killer named Blue, and I loved that dog. I always was raised around dogs. I had a chow-chow at the time named Chunky. and <laughs> I know. And he was Chunky, too. <laughs> but um, when um, I saw how Mr. Lewis had trained this dog, I was like, wow. And I was so interested in the dog that he showed me some steps on training dogs. And I just took his dog out a lot to train. So his dog was trained for herding and hunting and just did a lot of basic tricks. And that's where my passion for actually training started.
0: That's crazy that you were that young and introduced. I think it's amazing too, when people can identify those small moments, because I think as adults, sometimes we don't think much of what we're doing. And lo and behold, Mr. Lewis probably played a larger role in who he became and just finding that that space, finding out that about yourself.
2: And it's, it's funny because like I was telling one of my friends about the same story. It's, it's If you read the book, um, The Alchemist, everything comes full circle. So I yes. had left dog training. For a long period of time, and ended up coming back to my first love. And despite having all these other types of jobs, my passion came back to me, and I realized I realized where it was. And here I am training dogs, and I love it.
0: That's awesome. But you did you you started training in the Air Force, right? You were. Or do you start off as a? I called you. And I was, we both know my husband was in the Air Force, and I was like, "It's not a canine cop. What is it called in the Air Force?" <laughs>
2: kind Of the same thing, we're called military working dog handlers or trainers. Um, or they sometimes call us canine cops or uh canine SF because in the air force we call security forces, which is SF. Um, so we have a lot of names, but it's pretty much just canine.
0: I think people call you a lot of things,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially when you pull people over,
0: <laughs> yeah, but so um, you you were you were exposed to it was, so when you first go in i mean i don't know if everyone understands when you first go in you don't you knew your job in the air force correct you went in you had a job and then and but going in did you know that dog handling was a a path for you at that time or an available path for you
2: well i knew it was an available path um my recruiter actually told me about it not before i even joined the air force um so with with that it's one of those when I, after I went through training and everything, I went through basic training in um, tech school. When I got to my first base down in Valdosta, Georgia, which I was part of the a Um, I hung out with a lot of the, the K9 staff there. And they actually showed me like, um, one of the trainers there was, um, his name was Sergeant she- um, um, Chef Jacobs, Sergeant Jacobs, <laughs> excuse me. And he showed me a lot of things. Him, uh, Joe Crow showed me a lot of things. Uh, Sergeant Branch, uh, my mentor, Billy Harold, he showed me a lot of things. So, so sure. that made me love it even more because I got to see the actual capabilities of dogs from the patrol side to the expl- detection side and just made me want to do it more and more. So I put in the work and I'm with K9.
0: That's awesome. So when you train military dogs, do you do they do they identify that they're like good at one thing? Like or do they do you train them through all of the things and then realize where their talents lie?
2: So basically we start with basic obedience because you gotta have basic obedience before you have anything else, right?
1: <laughs> That's <working on> it. <laughs> I'll
2: be good. But uh, but from there they start doing like different tests to see how they are for the detection. And then from there, we see where our numbers are, where our numbers are to figure out, okay, do we need a explosive dog or do we need a bomb dog? And most of the time we end up training more explosive dogs than bumping than, narcotic dogs.
0: What's an explosive dog? What do you mean by that?
2: So it's training to detect explosives.
0: So what's the difference between a bomb dog then? Same thing. Oh, okay.
2: Okay. So I said do bomb dog or explosive dog.
0: That's what I was wondering. Are they the same thing?
2: No, yeah, the same thing. So um, normally, like, I just say bomb dog. Gotcha. dogs Because gotcha. um, it's yeah. the same thing. It's called EDD. And then you have narcotic dogs. It's NDD.
0: And then they're, they're obviously, you know, the funny thing is I was coming back from the airport. Uh, or I was at the airport coming back from St. Martin. And I had been on the beach for, like, 10 days and had my one bag that I just used every day. And, and then traveling back, of course, I used that bag to put all, you know probably my souvenirs who knows what I put in there but apparently a dog knew I had something in there (laughs) and it was this cute little little beagle and he was just walking around and I got to the got to the um I was waiting for my luggage and of course I'm like yay here comes the little dog I'm so excited he came over and he sat at my feet and I was like hi little guy (laughs) (laughs) Um, I apparently had an orange in my bag And I was completely unaware Because it had been my beach bag all week Uh And that's he detected the orange And the lady was really mean to me And I was like, come on lady, it was an orange I get it, I get it I signed the TSA paperwork that said I promise I don't have any fruits or vegetables on me But it wasn't like it was, you know A kilo of coke It was a damn orange
2: (laughs) Breaking the law, look at you.
0: such a rebel. I, I know. And I was on the, I was on a wait, I was like on a warning list. I had to go through this other list. And like it was funny as we get through the line, they sent me out to this other side and they didn't find me. They they gave me a warning and they threatened to give me a six hundred dollar fine, but they put me on a list. And if I were caught with anything again within six years, I had like a six-year window of time that I would immediately be fined and could be imprisoned. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. It seems like a lot for an orange. <laughs> That's what I thought. And then the guy, so then Dave is, of course, waiting for me. And they look at his and, you know, he has clearance. So they're looking at it and they looked at him and they're like, why are you with
2: her? <laughs>
0: and he's like, um, she's my wife.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Yeah. They try to destroy my life and my marriage all over a damn naval orange.
2: <laughs> that must one be one powerful orange.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. apparently. So how long have you had your dog training company? Canine uh, well, Dominion, right?
2: One no, three years. Yes. Canine Dominion.
0: Oh, I, for three years?
2: hmm
0: Wow. Well, how did you, what was your big transit? Did you have a big transition plan coming out of the Air Force? Or um, what did that look like for you? Because I don't think people also understand how difficult it can really be transitioning out of one career, the military, into the private sector.
2: Well, for me, um, when I got out of the military, it was one of those. I was, first of all, I was medically retired, so even so, that gave me a little bit of advantage looking for getting a job because they oh, yes. uh, have a point system and they always hire veterans due to the point system. However, um, it was very difficult trying to find a job because either I was overqualified for for certain positions, or they just didn't have people they didn't, they didn't need the people at the time and. And for a while, I was like, okay, I'll just be a cop again. And I went through all the cop districts around here, did all the PT tests, but I didn't do the PT test. But I ended up saying, nah, I don't want to be a cop no more. Because I got tired. Yeah. Man, I got tired of long hours. Don't be wrong, I love the police. Because I'm, I'm prior to law enforcement. But however, in those hours, I got tired of those hours. Yeah. So I ended, up, I ended up working for a shelter for a while. Um, I'm a shelter for a little bit. And while I was there, I just got tired of seeing dogs get put down for small stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's how I started my business. That's like amazing. Small training issues. It's, it just annoyed the mess out of me. The last one kind of broke my heart to the point where I didn't want to be around any dolls because it was so oh. sad. And I dreaded coming to work. So I was like, yeah, I need to do something different.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you hear really sad stories about people going, oh, my dog chew- would continuously chew. So I gave him back to the. I took him to the shelter. And you're like, you what? Like they're, they're the. I guess to your point is that there's an awful lot you can do to save an animal and lack of training shouldn't be the reason why it loses its life.
2: Yes. Yes. And it's, like, it's, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize that the bad behaviors that your dog have is because of you. That like you Shut fostered up. those bad behaviors. Shut. up. I'm
1: you, I have that same problem with my <coughs> kids. With kids. <laughs> they do all of the things I didn't know I was doing, and they mimic to me like a mirror. So I'm terrified of getting a dog because it's going to literally be the worst unruly dog in the world.
2: <laughs> well, you know the thing about it, but the kids and I have kids also, but the the, the Training the kids and training a dog is not that much different. It's all about being consistent and being fair.
1: So I know exactly what I need to do as soon as I'm <laughs> going to get a dog and then you're going to train my kids as well. We'll put them all together.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> I'll be
1: you. like, oh, yeah, like, can you sit? Great. They're still trampling, I think. They're only five and six. I feel like I got... I got something.
2: That's pushing it, it's pushing it. <laughs> I
1: know, it's like, it's like a little bit of window, I heard. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, That's do you know, so times, you know how many times
0: you how many times I hear Jay go? I gave you all the tools. It's you now.
1: <laughs> I mean, all I have to say, time. it's pretty impressive. <laughs> Louise's dogs, and I know that the listeners are listening, just like you guys know each other. But Louise has some really amazingly obedient and trained dogs, which is cool.
2: They so,
1: are. I mean, like, I have friends that you go over to their house, and their dog is like, you know, I don't know, seventy-five pound giant sheepdog and jumps on you and pushes you right over and you're like is he ever going to stop doing that and they're like oh he jumps and you're like i just fell but okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the crazy thing is the behavior yep so when i first reached out for jay because um i have a little um little dog i have my, my one of my little labs this is a little- Got nervous energy, which Jay has taught me. At first, I thought she was aggressive, but he's like, "No, no, she's just nervous." Um, Teaching me new tools on how to handle that. Um, but the funny thing is, I, I, you know, I looked around, looked around. I'm like, "No, I don't need you to teach me how to do this, 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 or this. I just need you to teach me how to do this." And he's like, "Uh huh." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he came over that first day. He came over, and he's like, "Okay." And now I'm all nervous because he's like, "Okay, she'll show me what you got." And I'm like, "And I go get the treats out of the refrigerator." And he, his first like, just judgment was like, "Oh." use (laughs) treats. (laughs) I was like, ah. Basically, the first day was letting me know how little I actually knew. (laughs) He broke me down, just like boot camp, broke me down.
1: (laughs) I'm going to get a dog, and I'm going to get Jay, and it's going to be a puppy, and I'm like, can you fix this before I ruin it? Yep. Do Do you do that? Is that part of your services? Like, you get a puppy, and like, day one,
2: I'd rather have people that come to me with puppies because I can start them off completely fresh, like a blank canvas. And I can start them exactly from day one, step one, and mold them to exactly where I want them to be. And especially those that never had dogs, that don't know anything about dogs, I love that. But then I have those clients that have been around dogs their entire life, and that's the difficult ones. <laughs> I.e., um, the, um, the other lady. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I resemble that comment.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Please,
0: I did need you drink. Let's do it. I do think it's funny that Jay said that he'll train you, not the dog. Did you notice that? The whole time he's talking about training you, which is great.
2: Because the dog already knows what to do, I, day one.
1: I, I need it. Jay, <laughs> I have a bunny and a cat. I mean, let's just talk about it, really. I have a bunny <laughs> and a cat that, like, you know, that's just bizarre, right? Who has that?
2: Yeah. Like a bunny
1: and a cat walked into a bar. I'm not, I'm not sure how you the punchline yet, but I'll let everybody know when after the chronicles begin. Gotcha. Let's have that drink and maybe it'll be inspired. Well, speaking of inspired, I was, I was looking up cocktails that we, you know, were military based or had some sort of history or a name or something this drink and you know it's really funny I've been margining a long time and my spouse says to me he goes why don't you do a kamikaze I'm like that's a shot he goes well no it's actually a cocktail I'm like it was a cocktail so we are going to make today a kamikaze How which is that? real don't even say it's actually quite brilliant no. so yeah. so it is it is literally missing one ingredient to a cosmopolitan right so a Cosmopolitan bal- so is um, vodka, Cointreau, um lime, and cranberry juice. A Cosmopolitan is vodka, quantro, and lime juice. Now, some people put roses. If you went to like a bar and you asked for a shot, you're probably going to get it with roses, lime juice. And if you like it a little bit sweet, you can add some simple syrup to it. But this drink is the easiest drink to make. I happen to love it frozen. You could shake it, serve it up, put it on the rocks. Really, any way that you like to uh, drink it. It was actually made popular in the 1950s. And it got its name, the kamikaze, because you can drink them so fast. And it just takes it right to the head. So, there you go. (laughs) So, that's how I got to you. Do you like that, Jay? You're like, uh, now hearing you speak, I maybe should have said, Ah, oh, let a little bit more polished and finer <laughs> training, but we'll do that in your next episode when I get a puppy and you're at my house and you're like, "You're you give me the dog, because you should not have this pet," because um, how I have an unruly bunny, no one will ever know, right? Um, all right, so we're gonna do this It's gonna be let me back this up so everybody can see. I actually easy. This is an easy cocktail. Frozen, you could do this um, again on the rocks. You put in a shaker tin. I'm going to put mine into um, a blender top, and we're going to put in there uh, two ounces of vodka, one ounce of Cointreau, and then we're going to use um, fresh lime juice. You can use half a lime, ju- half a lime whole, or one ounce of lime juice. And for my sweeties out there, like a little bit sweeter, um, you're gonna add like half an ounce to one ounce of simple syrup. I am personally not going to put any simple syrup in it because the Cointreau adds enough of the sweetener to this drink. Along the drink. How much lime juice? juice did you say, Gina? I'm sorry. You're gonna use one ounce or a half of a, a whole lot. Gotcha. So I'm going to put my lime. Gotcha. And one more time on the- that uh, on
0: the Cointreau. How much did we want of that? One ounce. One ounce? So you're at two
1: one one.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: And then if you're making the frozen drink at home, you want to add to your blender one and a quarter cup of ice to make one smooth cocktail.
0: And I'm doing a shaker, so I fill the small half of my shaker, right? Huh? I spill the small part of my shaker, right? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, small part kind of your shaker to pro tip. And then I'm gonna then turn on my Blender, once I find my top. Here's something really important when
0: making blended cocktails: put the top on. (laughs) Yeah, always keep your top on, Gina. (laughs) Nice and frosty. Okay, Gina, tell me how I can't get this off. So you gotta bang it on the side,
1: it has the space. Look at this the top of it. That side, yep. Hit it really hard with your palm and it'll come off. Aha! <laughs> so, now, today we're gonna show you the frozen drink. Now, see if you follow my directions and you only use one and a quarter cup of ice, you'll get this beautiful slush based on your four ounces inside of there. And, and this I is don't what have... you're looking for, is being able to pile, and I'm gonna move my, perfect, see, the rocks? So you can see the top of it, and you have that on there. I'm not used to not having... Oh, um, that's okay. nice and like, that's like zesty. Yeah. yeah, now you don't have to garnish it, of course I cannot not have a garnish, I'm just gonna put a little mint, and oh, mint. waiting for oh. Jay, and we'll see what can.
0: you got. We got to do our cheers. Okay, turn your, there you go. We could drink these all day, Jay. Easy, right? Yes. You can, um, just so everyone knows, Jay is available and uh, we could uh, get his type up on, on the website. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that, that's even better, right?
0: If you like him tall, dark, and handsome.
1: <laughs> I'm into it. And i will teach no. you how to sit. Jay, <laughs> yeah, we got lots of ladies that come into the bar. We'll, we'll make it happen. Yes. So, so get, we'll have lots of ladies
0: come to the bar. Let, let me ask, ask let me Jay, let's okay, let's do our housekeeping. Where are they gonna get this recipe, Gina? They're gonna get it at designated dot show. Where's that?
1: Designated dot show.
0: Absolutely, and we're going to have all of our tips, tricks, and how-tos on this cocktail, as well as all the other cocktails um, from our past episodes. And the other thing we're going to definitely do is make sure that we have a link out to Jay's um, website. All kidding aside, he's an amazing dog trainer. And one thing, if uh, we're I'm still a work in progress, but it, one thing that's amazing, Gina, is to see him work with my dog because she's very sweet and we're we're, we have a big challenge or I have a big challenge and most it's mostly me but the I get confidence watching him work with her because he shows me that it's possible and in that it's and then it really does bring it down to it's me jackass it's not the dog Um, but it's really he's patient and he's frank and exactly he's kind of like a lot like you and a lot like me and that if you ask us you're gonna get exactly what you think you know it's not (laughs) it's not like there's no sap, it's not sweet. It's like, oh, you'll get it. It's like, no, here's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> but it's kind of, it's like to the point. It's what you want, right? It's like, I want my dog not to bite other dogs. So I think it's fair. Yeah, it's great training, great training. And there's no treats. That's the other thing. No treats. I was
2: you like, the oh, treat. so
0: you learn? Uh, yeah. You know, I'm motivated
1: by a treat every now and again. That's for sure. <laughs> and A treat doesn't have to be edible, but
0: I like a treat. Oh, I like a good pat on the belly. <laughs> different show. Good different hair. show. <laughs> uh. So before we go head out, Jay, and Gina definitely has one more question, but I have a question for you. What is, for our listeners, is there one thing you can say about training um, that's like a, like something somebody is attainable or something you can apply, whether it be a... a just a a mindset or a way just to help somebody who's maybe, you know, stumbling around trying to figure out how the right way again might be thinking something's wrong with my dog. Um, what is, what is something, a takeaway somebody could have?
2: One of the things when it comes to dogs in general is just be the leader, be the boss of your dog. And I'm not saying be dominant, but show your dog structure, show your dog guidance and show them what you can and can't do. Let them know they're doing something good. Let them know they're doing something bad and be consistent. Those are the two things that's, that's the key to all training, being a leader to your dog and being consistent. And if you're consistent, then the dog will continue to know what you expect from them and not wonder what's, what's next.
0: Hmm. Interesting. You gonna apply that to the kids,
2: Gina. They don't listen to me. It works for they don't kids mean. too.
0: They, they barely listen to me. They listen
1: to me only when it is treat motivated it is a hundred percent my fault. So I've heard if you raise, you know, basically my kids think that I'm the worst. I'm always punishing them for something. And I'm like, you're like, you need to like time out, whatever it is. But I heard that if I'm my kids actually become good kid people, that, that they'll raise good people. Right. So that way I can spoil my grandchildren and that'll be something else. So, think of me as a grandmother is just another story. Anyway, <laughs> my question is my turn. Stop it! <laughs> all right, all right, Jay. Here's my question. Are you ready?
2: You're
0: just gonna stab you with a knife.
1: Good no, word. I'm not. I'm nervous <laughs> to ask him the question because I was thinking, like, I was kind of like coming up with like a really cool um, animal, and I and I finally did. Um. So, in this day and age. You know, everybody always identifies themselves with some sort of spirited animal and they're like, I really identify myself with um, the wombat because it is found in Australia and it's, it's both night and day and it's, a, and it's a stealthy killer and, you know, you wouldn't see it come, right? If you had to be one spirit, spirited ingredient and you had to identify you, what would it be in wine? It could be spirit as in alcohol, or spirit as in like, I don't know, garlic.
2: Uh, Let's see, Mm, that's a good question.
0: (laughs) We get that all the time, it's a good question.
2: Good question. Uh, If I had to be an ingredient, what would it be? Uh, Maybe garlic.
1: <laughs> All right. Why? Now tell me why.
2: Why? Because yeah. garlic makes anything better.
1: Oh, I agree, but
0: that's my So I think I there's never enough garlic.
2: <laughs>
0: I just thought it was because he's out there killing vampire or like safe from vampires. <laughs> he is out in the dating world. You never know what it's like out there.
1: I <laughs> mean, I chose the correct animal. It's you know, it's a wombat, stealthy killer. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Alright guys. Jay, next time you see her. Jay it's really a pleasure. Cheers. Again, thank you for your service. Thank you for keeping me from getting arrested. Or soon. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thank Bye. You. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's MissingLink.com.